of fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i always am by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going beware of the blob it creeps and sleeps and slides and hides it doesn't really hide very much to be honest it's kind of just all out there and I'm pretty sure I got those lyrics wrong, but I remember that was like the original jingle, which pops up in my head like all the time for some reason. I'll be in like the grocery store and I'll be like, beware of the blob. But we're doing the 88 uh, remake, which yeah. it's one of the rare. I like the original blob. I haven't seen it in years. So it'll be interesting whenever we get around to doing it, like what I think about it now. But this is one of the rare instances, like uh, the thing where the remake's better. Yeah, I agree. I definitely enjoyed this version much better than the original. But where is the 40-year-old teenager? He's not in it, thankfully. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is a really fun one. It's been a long time coming. We've referenced this movie a lot throughout the oh, years yeah. and everything. So I was kind of stumped on what to pick this month. It seemed like a good one. And, dude, I'm watching this, and it reminds me of two different movies. It reminds me of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, yes. I'm being honest. It's the same plot, 100%, yeah. which is also a ripoff of all those 50s alien invasion style movies and everything. We even have Old Man and Pooh Bear, his dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pooh Bear, we're getting your free tickets to the circus. It's basically the same character who now also has a dog in this. And then the thing on the special effects level and everything. Lots of like tendrils shooting out and melting and everything like that. Reminds me of those two movies combined. What was the other one? The Thing and Killer Clowns. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, I could see that a lot. It's like you kind of combine them. Because it has that like kind of small town. Like it's like the isolated town, the mountains. Yeah. Kind of feel to it. It's like gremlins even. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that. Where it's like the, it feels like a fake backlock town kind of thing, and parts of it definitely are. It's like that heightened, like, Spielbergian type thing. Dude, our lead guy in this movie, Brian, I don't have the actor's name here. um, Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon, thank you. Something about him is so over the top, though. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he he smokes cigarettes. He rides a motorcycle. He's got a permed mullet. He got the leather jacket. I'm like, this is just too much at once. Come on, let's back it up a little. Oh, he, he hangs out in a garage. Like, yeah. no, let, let's back this up a little bit here. It's like '80s Fonzie. He has the leather yeah. jacket. He's in the garage. He has the motorcycle. Yeah, it's. I'm like, you gone so cool that you're not cool. Please stop. Yeah, he's smoking cigarettes, like, all, like, cool, where they're all, like, I don't even care about the cigarette, like, Puh. like, I, th- this is air to me. It's like, you get that feeling from them, it's like, oh, fuck you. You're in high school. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> he is! Oh, yeah, you know, you're right, you're right, we get yeah. some lines about it later. Alright, so it starts off with our title oh. card and opening credits. Well, oh, I want to real quick mention, the... People behind the scenes and our stars of this movie are insane. Of We have, okay, Chuck Russell directed. <laughs> this is like such a weird, like, because a lot of times you're like, oh, this kind of makes sense of like, they kind of stay in the same thing or the movies kind of feel the same. The Mask, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Blob, and The Scorpion King are his top four. You know what? <laughs> 
<laughs> the first three you said, I can honestly see the same dude working on. You know what I mean? This, yeah. Nightmare 3, and even The Mask. Like, I get it. Like, comedy and horror, like, same kind of directing styles, honestly. The fun, wacky effects. I get that. And the Scorpion King, though. Yeah. Blows my and, mind a little bit. And then, uh, one of the writers was Frank Darabont, who did The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and The Blob. Okay, so there's two Stephen Kings... Like, and the fly too. Oh, the fly too is rough. I just watched that recently. That's rough. That movie. This it, these people are all over the place. That's insane. I saw Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile with the Blob and the Fly too. It's like that's so weird. I don't think the Blob is like a trashy horror or anything, though. You know what no. I mean? But it's like you said, it's like a killer clowns from outer space type. It's like a throwback to like the fifties monster movies in the eighties when they love to do that. Where it's yeah. like kind of fun and campy. Also, Shawnee Smith is in this. I did not know she was Meg. Yeah, all hail the queen. Shawnee <laughs> Smith shows up in this movie. I was so happy. Like she looks so young. Not that she looks old and saw or anything. No. That's what blew my mind, is because it seems so far apart, and I'm like she looks so good, like, in modern movies. How is yeah. she in The Blob? Where I even mentioned where, like, we recently talked about Saul X again. I think it was on, like, the wrap-up episode for 2023. But I was like, yeah, she still looks great and everything. Like, and this was one of the ones where I love looking at Letterbox like, before the show. Because I see shit like this. I was like, what? how is Amanda Young in this? Yeah, exactly. Well, I said that to you. I'm like, alternate Amanda origin story. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine if she got John a little piece of the blob of, like, you can, like, use this for torture. He would love that thing. Everything would oh, be yeah. about melting. Alright, so we are title card opening credits. We cut to this football game. Meg, Shawnee Smith is the cheerleader. And Paul, the football guy, is tackled through a bunch of tables and asks her out on the spot. It's like the Buffalo Bills just won a game. Dude, I know nothing about football except <laughs> I love this team where they're. So look, if if you actually like football, I know nothing. About well, it. not right. I'll I'll watch it on mute when while I'm listening to a podcast, so I'm not just staring at the wall. No, like there's this team where their fans just jump through <laughs> tables in the parking lot, and I'm I'm like that's my favorite team. Uh, you tell me who they are. I forget all the time. You said the Buffalo Bills. But I love this team because people just dive through the tables. Someone went through one on fire recently. It's wild. Yeah, yeah that Steelers playoff game where, like, I'm near Pittsburgh, so I have to, of course, go say go Steelers. But I don't really care about football. So, like, I like the Bills just be exactly because they jump through tables. Um, this is also a really interesting location that they do because it's all like it's panning around the town. The c town is completely desolate and we see like a, it's a graveyard and it's very like stoic kind of an opening. And then we pan over to the football game. That's where the entire town is. They're all at the game kind of thing. So it starts out like, oh, did the blob already like wipe out this town? And we're going to, like, meet it somewhere else. It's like, oh, no, that's an interesting opening. And I like the shot from the cemetery to the football field. Because that was, like, in the story. They're like, we want to do that. And they had to find the specific location. Yeah, no, I thought it looked really cool. Because, like you said, it makes it seem like a ghost town. Like, it's already been wiped out. It's just everyone's there. 
it's like when Reggie's going through in like the Phantasm movies and he like rolls through the desolate town the tall man's yeah. already been through. Oh, we're next to meet Brian, we said our motorcycle Fonzie character, who's going to jump over the small canyon. I mean, it's basically a ditch. It's not much of a canyon with yeah. a bridge that's out. And this, he bails at the last second because something's up with the bike and this homeless man claps for him. Oh, I love a good 80s homeless man, especially if he has like his friendly little dog where they live in the hut. And he his whole thing, he just crushes cans because like, Brian like throws like threw a beer can across the gully or whatever, and he like goes over and collects it and claps for him. Yep. Um, Herb, the sheriff of the town, is at the diner. Asks the waitress out. She says, "Oh, I'm pretty busy." Gives him his check, but at the bottom of the check says, "I'm off at 11. Oh, and that's a good in. Get in with the diner. They always have always have great food. We love our diner food. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, that same cop right after, though, is intimidating our motorcycle guy, Brian, because he's almost 18 years old, and (laughs) I guess he's been in and out of juvie and everything all the time, and he's all excited to finally be able to arrest him for good. Yeah, this is where Brian is acting way too cool, where he's, like, up against the wall smoking a cigarette in his leather jacket, and the cop pulls up to him. Yeah. Brian stops at the garage he hangs out with. Um, at least they set it up, if not for very small reasons here, that they have a snow machine in this garage. Dude, this movie is like an A-plus example of setting up something and then letting it pay off. We already got the motorcycle jump. Now we have the, uh, everyone's like, oh, it's so hot. Or, you know, usually it's unnaturally hot for this time of year. And they have these snow machines in there that'll come back into play. There's so many things. The jacket later. The homeless man, or is it the same homeless man or a different homeless man here that sees the ship crash and he gets the goo? No, this is the the town's one homeless man. Each town can have one. Ah, I see. Unless you go to a big city, I see. But um, he sees the meteor crash and he goes up to check it out and everything. And he pokes it with a stick. Of course. Which, I mean, to be fair, I probably would do the same thing. Well, he'd like, there's something like, it looks like the meteor is cracked open, what looks like a meteor. And there's like something sloshes around in it. As soon as I saw that movement, I was like, I'm the fuck out of here. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm going to run and get the sheriff, (laughs) the small town sheriff. (laughs) Dude, but this is my favorite scene and payoff in the movie next. Because Paul, our football guy who asked Meg out earlier, is at the drugstore with his friend. (laughs) What? has a date with his girl Vicky this night also. And Scott goes up to buy condoms and everything. And one classic church reverend pops up behind you when you're buying something dirty. <laughs> they like, I haven't seen you in a while after he asked the pharmacist to get him condoms. They shows up regular or ribbed. But since the reverend is there, he blames it on his friend in the back over there. He goes, well, I told him he shouldn't have six, but sex but i insist he at least use protection being a good friend but he says he's got an easy in with this girl tonight he's definitely gonna score or something like this. <laughs> that come back in a minute dude best payoff in the world it really <laughs> is it's so funny cut to meg's house and her younger brother and his friend are gonna try to go see the movie garden tool massacre and 
his friend has no chill. He's just saying the whole plot to the mom and everything. Yeah, it's a classic slice and dice movie. And we can get in because rated R because my brother let us. Shut the fuck up, kid. I remember because I was allowed like in elementary school and stuff to watch all like the Friday the 13th movies and the Halloween movies and everything. My parents wouldn't say no to like any horror movie. Um, and there was other, uh, most of my other friends parents were very strict like most parents are i was lucky so they would come over to my house all the time and watch these movies and the one the one time like accidentally told his parents like what we watched and they got so mad and they had i think they ended up like calling my parents and they're like did you know that they were watching this like yeah we bought it for them <laughs> <laughs> like i remember i had the, like the first m&m cd like, I was the only kid in class that had it, and it got passed around completely. Like, everyone burned it off me. <laughs> Dude, but this is Meg's family, and this is where Paul shows up to get Meg. So, he goes in, and she goes, oh, I want you to meet my dad real quick. Takes him to the living room, newspaper drops over the <laughs> face, revealing it's the pharmacist who just, did, and he just looks at him and goes, ribbed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the newspaper reveal of the newspaper drops and you see his face, it's perfect acting. It's so funny. It's such a perfect example, like you said, of like the setup, the payoff thing. I love it. <laughs> that's what I honestly remember most of this movie. Like, when I think about, back of this movie, that's one of the first things that pops into my head is that joke all the time. But he still lets Meg go out on the date with him, which is so surprising. <laughs> Yeah, because she's like, I don't know why my dad was like that to you. I'm sorry. He's not normally that angry. Yeah. Brian's in the woods for the bike, and he sees the homeless man trying to chop his arm off and everything. And Paul and Meg drive into their date, hit the homeless man as he runs into the road with the car. Now our, all four of these characters, Meg, Paul, Brian, and goopy-handed homeless man, <laughs> are all together. Well, I like the scene where, like, yeah, he tries to chop his own hand off, and he gets, like, it's a close-up of, like, he gets, like, halfway through his wrist, but the blob just, like, goes more onto his arm. Like, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Brian and Paul don't like each other for reasons? Whoa. Because quarterback does not like cool Fonzie man. You get to the emergency room. The nurse is pretty unbothered by the whole thing, just cares about what insurance he has. They take Brian into the... They take the man into the back as Brian leaves then. USA! USA! The first question is like, does he have insurance? And it's like, we don't know. He lives in a shed in the woods. Yeah, dude, if you get a blob on your hand, drive to Canada. Yeah. No, I have a hatchet. I can take care of it here. Meg and Paul are in the waiting room. Paul goes for a soda and sees the man bubbling is the only way I can describe it. Like, he yeah. sees where he's on, like, a bed in the back and... He has the blanket pulled up, but it looks like boiling under the blanket, like just rolling and stuff like that. And like he goes his, up, his throat like expands out real huge and he sees his eyes are like rolled back white. Yeah, exactly. And he goes and yells at the doctor like the man's dying and everything. The doctor's like, I'm with a patient. Dude, it's like the middle of the night. You're not like if you're the doctor at the ER, you're not having like office consultations at Whoa. this time i don't know what's going on here it's also where like you know we already made the killer clowns comparison where that time it was the sheriff's department was really incompetent this time yeah. the, the cops do okay i think they do the best they kind of can being like small town bumpkin cops it's the hospital people 
that are completely incompetent where they're like, we don't want to help the man that's injured. I'm so sorry that we're being bothered right now. I guess someone's dying. I got to go save a life. He goes there and dude, I expected it to be that he's completely normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've seen enough movies. I know when you get the authority figure to show them the thing, the thing's not there anymore. But they didn't do that. They pull the sheet down, and the dude is just, like, melted from, like, the abdomen down, like, completely gone. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad they didn't do the thing of, like, he's completely fine. Because, like you said, you expect that to happen. Where th- this movie does that a few different times. Of, oh, th- that won't happen. And then it does. It's like, oh, good job, movie. Dude, so Paul runs into another room to call 911. And in my head, I'm going, why are you calling 911? You're already in the hospital. Well, you have to <laughs> alert the authorities, I guess. Get me an ambulance. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I, there, I was... There's a movie, I forget what it is. It's like, someone get the cops. It's like, you are the cops. It's like, fuck. Well, like, it's... I, I'm so confused with what the 911 calls because he doesn't know about the blob yet. Really, he knew he had the thing on his hand and everything. Oh, true. But for as far as I know, it's just like a medical condition type thing. Like, what are you calling 911 for in the hospital? This man melted and traumatized me. I want him arrested. But like, then he hears a noise and he looks up and the blob is grown and has now taken its pinkish color and yes. drops on him. Meg runs into the room and he's like pushing out of the big bubblegum paste and melting and everything. She grabs his arm, the arm comes off. Awesome scene. Oh, we get the scream mask for half a minute and a real face of his, like, this is, because everyone knows about my body horror stuff, it still gets to be, like, somewhat. And this is one of the original movies. I remember the Fly remake was a big one, and also this one. Specifically the scene where, like, she pulls his arm off because it melts off. You see his face. You see his eyeballs pop. Yeah. Like his really mouth cool. gets ex- extremely elongated and huge, and he's just sucked away. I remember just being like, what the fuck? It's like the Dungeons and Dragons gelatinous cube. You get in there, and he does melt like a big cube of jello. <laughs> well, it doesn't it then? Like, there's so many great, like, cutaways where, um,. There's like, I forget if it's here or if it's somewhere else, but it's like you see the blob and then it cuts to like a kid slurping jello. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when it first comes out of the rock and everything and it goes onto the guy's hand. It cuts to that right away. Oh, yeah, that's because those were the kids who go see the knockoff Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Which I can't wait to get. I love the movies inside of movies, so I can't wait to get there. Yeah, later Meg's taken home, police are on the scene and everything. And they have no idea what happened. They know Brian was there from the paperwork and everything. So they go arrest him. Yes, he melted the man. Yeah, it's it, it's because he has the leather jacket and he's the motorcycle teenager of the town. He has the long hair. You don't play football? <laughs> Dude, so Scott and Vicky, Paul's friend earlier who caused this whole condom fiasco, are parking Okay. She wants another drink. He has a mini bar in his trunk. She does not want another drink. Oh, does she say she doesn't want another one? No, she's like, I've already had enough. And she, like, kind of does the thing where she rolls over to, like, already pass out. And he's like, I'll get you another one. You like it. Yeah, he starts sleep creeping in a minute here for sure. But 
He goes into the trunk. When he says, you're wearing my ring, aren't you? That means you're my girl. He goes into the trunk of his car to get another drink. He has a collection of these rings <laughs> on necklaces back there. And I'm not exaggerating. A full-on mini bar with shakers, like beaters, like electric stirs, everything. Like a legit bar in his trunk. It's this like wacky, like little part like you see this a lot like in the 80s movies of there's like the overblown boys room of there's like an office in the stall kind of thing and yeah. um i just love he has like a basketball hoop like a mini one on his trunk yeah um, i was just kept waiting though because this is an 80s movie and oh it's all hijinks get the girl drunk and do the thing she doesn't want you to do i was waiting for a bloop and that's for you i was like he basically does it in a way, but he doesn't just straight out drug her. Oh, yeah. I was waiting for the roof, Lynn, for sure. Yeah. But no, like you said, he she passes out, and then it's, oh, you look a little hot there. Um, Boop. And he's doing it, like, in a funny, cute way, quote unquote. But the 80s were weird sometimes. Yeah, at least it's a comeuppance moment for him. Yeah. So at least this one, it's not like, oh, he's fine, he just gets away with it, like, type thing. Because when he's in the trunk, you get blob POV go into the car and you hear the gurgly sounds and everything. Yeah. So you know it's in there. So basically, from what I would understand, the blob knows this guy is a creepy man. So he's like, I'm going to wear this girl's skin for half a minute and then teach him a lesson. Because as soon as he starts to go for the feel, the blob comes out with the tendrils, and then the face of her gets sucked in, and more tendrils come out. And Dude, let's talk about that face thing you just said for a second, because that's fucking awesome. Yeah, he reaches in, the blob grabs and like takes over. But, like, she slumps like her face. That's the only way I can describe it. She slumps. Like, it just caves in. It's such a cool effect. It reminds me a little bit of the stuff. Like, did stuff mm-hmm. like this a little bit. Like, yeah. where the face just, like, collapses in on itself. Where it's, like, a completely, like, hollow body is what it reminds me of. Like, when someone does too much cocaine and then they get punched in the nose, except the whole head does that. Oh, Artie Lang? His yeah, story exactly. why he doesn't have a nose anymore? Yeah. <laughs> but... Meg doesn't take her sleeping pill that night because she has a pharmacist dad and she's going to go figure out what happened. Brian's at the station being questioned and Herb the sheriff has him arrested, but he's not being, he's drilling him pretty hard, like trying to find out what happened. The deputy though, this man is the meanest dude in the world. Tried calling your mom. No surprise she didn't answer. What guy is she with today? Like, just, dude, like, he's a kid. What are you doing? And, and then, like, he, there's some kind goes, of comment of, it's like, uh, is she with Jack Daniels or Jim Beam tonight? Whereas she's loose and an alcoholic. Dude, then he, like, gets in his face, and Brian says, get out of my face. And he pushes his face right up to him and goes, I'll do whatever I want. What are you going to do about it? And then Brian licks him. Which is just so funny. I'll do that. You didn't like that, did you? (laughs) Herb, the sheriff, is like, we gotta let him go. We have no evidence on him. The deputy's very against it. He goes, we have no motive, no evidence, and this doesn't sound like him at all. Like, yeah, Yeah. he's a bad kid. We deal with him a lot, but he doesn't melt people. He's also a bad kid as much as we we saw him finish a beer, and he smoked a couple cigarettes. Now he's a troublemaker, Brett. He is. He's on the outside of this small town. 
He listens to that rock and roll music. Wrong side of the tracks, I tell you. That boy ain't right. <laughs> but Meg meets him outside the station with showing up to bail him out. And he blows her off. He doesn't want to deal with her and everything. He goes into the closed diner. like, And I guess the waitress there knows him. Like, what do you want? We're closed. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm hungry. And so she makes him a cold sandwich. but So he can have something to eat. Well, it's once again that Fonzie thing of it was yeah. like I think it's the Christmas special for Happy Days where um he's all like no no I got family to go to I'm going out of town and then Richie finds him in the garage alone eating a like sandwich by himself of this town takes care of him because his mom doesn't. Yep. So Meg goes to the diner too, sits there talking to him. As this is going on, the sink in the back of the diner as they're closing up shop for the night starts bubbling it. And the waitress tries plunging it. Please tell me that's its own separate plunger. But <laughs> she's not getting it. And then the cook's like, here, I'll take it. And starts plunging it and can't get it. And then reaches in. And, dude, this just reminded me of my basement flooded like a week or two ago. And <laughs> my arm, like, in there. I said, I'm glad I watched this movie after that. But yeah, he reaches in and the blob pulls him in. The other two hear the screaming run to the back. The waitress is back there witnessing it. Another, dude... This is an underrated body horror movie and the effects movie. No one like really gives it its due on how good the effects and everything are, if you ask me. He's pulled into the drain, but it's not like in Space Jam when Michael Jordan's pulled into the golf hole, like in cartoony and everything. It's very, like, looks like he's being pulled in and like liquefied as he gets in there and like pulled through and everything. It's so good looking. I like how this movie sets up several like a couple times it does this of like the blob makes itself aware but it's like oh it's just the block drain oh just the air conditioning is having an issue that's why and i also like like we said at the beginning when like we saw the homeless guy and he was actually melted and most movies would go like oh he's fine or you're crazy other people see the blob and see the things going on like the waitress does and like it's not just these two teenagers running around from scene to scene going, the blob, and they're like, we don't believe you until the last minute. Yeah, I've seen enough movies that I am 100% over that, like, yeah. storytelling device of no one believes them until the end thing. I like this kind much better. It is also just so ridiculous that he, the full person gets pulled into this tiny little drain. Yeah, it's awesome, though. I love it. Oh, yeah. The teens run to the back and hide in the freezer. And the blob is, like, under the door, gets to the cold, doesn't like the cold, backs out. Little bits of the blob froze, though, and are left behind in crystallized form, which is what happens when it freezes. Um, but that'll come back into play later. The waitress gets outside, gets to the payphone, and is calling the sheriff. And the blob envelops the phone booth. It's so cool looking. Would you say this is the scene of the movie? You know, like, every movie usually has, like, the scene everyone remembers. Like, it's either this one, or when the first one, when the um, quarterback boyfriend gets, like, melted. I think that's the famous scene, is that first one you talked about. Mine, to me, is actually just that shot at the movie theater later on, where you see the oh, yeah. giant blob. Like, that's mine. But, yeah, I think it's probably that one earlier you mentioned. I think this one gets me... 
maybe more than any of the other ones. And we don't even really see like her melting or anything. It's just her being trapped in this phone booth surrounded by the blob. At some point she sees like the sheriff has already been eaten and like he's just floating around in there. Are you claustrophobic? No, not really. I was gonna say that'd be it. Like if you were because just being no, I, surrounded like that. I actually love little tight spaces. Like it's it's a comforting. Um yeah. But no, I think it's just the fact of like she knows she's fucked and it's just prolonging it. Of the other people kind of it was like oh, the blob and they're already dead. She knows what's going to happen to her kind of thing. Yeah, that's probably it. The teens leave the freezer. Brian is armed with a meat hook and the reverend sees the diner and goes in to investigate, puts the shiny rocks that he found in there, pieces of the blob, they're frozen in a jar. What's he just... Oh, he's not carrying a jar. He grabs one from the diner. That's yeah. right. I was gonna say, what is this man, like, a character in a video game that just carries around <laughs> jars to put things he finds? He just loots someone. Yeah. Um, no, I thought about that, too, because we're talking about the ending. It's... I love the ending so much. But I remember there's, like, the blob in the jar. And I was like, yeah, where'd the jar come from? No, he just grabs it right there. <laughs> um... Brian and Meg decide to go where they found the old man because that's where this is all started. And they get there and there's a cop car there, but no cop. So they think he's missing. And the hazmat suit people show up. Never a good sign. And they're a biological containment team. Nothing to worry about. They're just making sure everything's fine. And I would be like, okay, so we're the only, like, looking around. I look at everyone. I'm surrounded by everybody's in these hazmat suits and everything. And me and her are the only ones that aren't. Are we gonna die? Am I sterile now? Like... <laughs> Dude, the second you see hazmat people, I'm running. I've seen yeah. enough movies. Uh-uh. I'm out of there the second I see this. My dad did, like, hazmat for, like, a little bit. Like, in the kind of his middle of his career as a fireman. And, yeah, he was like, I only did it for a little bit for a reason. It's insane. They meet the leader of this containment team and he's talking about the dinosaurs and extinction and he thinks it was caused by a virus that came from space no there's a fucking crater in the ground that's what killed the dinosaurs but that is a really cool story thing of they're like because it makes you think like oh fuck the blob ate all of the dinosaurs i want to see that movie i hate jurassic park i want to see the blob eat every dinosaur there is Again, you can't hate Jurassic Park if you've never watched it. One day we're I've going to watch this. I've seen it like one time before. It's not my movie. Um, the two kids sneak into the horror movie, and the projectionist up top is calling down and complaining that the air conditioning isn't working. You know what I was thinking about with this scene, though? What? I love movies and everything. I think I'd hate to be a projectionist because I just know the second I say that little blip and you know the second blip's coming, my anxiety would be racing <laughs> and I'm going to mess up. Dude, I'm thinking, okay, like you're watching the whole time. What if you blink and miss the blip? Like, I'd be well, terrified. There's got to be enough length to get to be able to like get you ready with the next reel or if it's a double reel projection booth, you just have to flip a switch and it goes to the other one. I'd, yeah, be, exact I'd be worried about there being that like second of like black screen and then the people start booing me i, I don't like this <laughs> i had the exact opposite reaction of I, it cuts to the projectionist and i was like god my literal like immediate thought was like that'd be a fucking fun job 
Look no, at this. Dude, I was like, look, he's in this little room all by himself. He gets to watch movies all day. Then they pan around and you see like newspaper clippings of like Phantom of the Opera. Then there's like an old uh, Wolfman picture on the wall and stuff. It's like, oh, th- that just sounds like so much fun to me. Um, I real quick want to mention too, they're watching the movie in the movie. And it's so obviously like, I love when they make the movie in the movie. It's like so bad where they act like this, where it's like, huh, what's, isn't it pretty late to be pruning bushes? I think he's a peeping Tom. Well, let's give him something to peep at. And then he raises his head up and he has a hockey mask on. And the guy goes, that's weird. Hockey season ended two months ago. (laughs) Like it would be normal if it was during hockey season for him to wear the mask out and around. (laughs) You can't make the movie within a movie too good because if you make it bad, it kind of helps you and it makes your actors seem like they're doing a great job even if they're mediocre compared to the bad actors in the self-contained movie. It reminded me of the movie In Demons. Yeah. Speaking of hockey, R.I.P. Hockey, it's 2024. It's going to be outlawed. I know it gets outlawed this year. I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to miss my penguins. But he calls down that the AC isn't working. Like, it's on full blast. We'll send someone up. And he puts his head into the AC vent, and the blob gets him. The dude comes up to the room who's supposed to check it out. He's looking around and everything. And then the yo-yo he was playing with earlier, the projectionist, falls down next to him. He looks up, and the blob's on the ceiling and gets him. It's a really cool shot. Oh, it's a great effect, too. Well, it's quote-unquote a great effect there's better ones in this movie this one looks kind of rubbery but i just love the guy being all like stretch face like like (laughs) brian and meg are pretty much forced into the van and the town's going to be under quarantine and they're on the way back to town hall like where everyone's going to be rounded up at and everything dude yeah this doesn't sound like a good scenario at all i'd be jumping out too Look, it's so funny because, like, Brian's like, it feels like we're under arrest. And he's like, no, no, I'm your doctor. I'm here to help you. You're not under arrest. And he's like, okay, well, we're just going to head out then. We both feel fine. My motorcycle's right over there. We're going to leave. And then, like, two more, like, hazmat people come up, like, and they're like, okay, that answers my question. We are under detainment or whatever. But then he has, like, the tools in his jacket because, of course, and he, like, of what it's not even like he just takes the door off he just undoes the lock somehow with the wrench i'll say this no there's a reason he has the tools in his jacket that was set well, up earlier because yeah. he wanted to go borrow the ratchet set to go fix the motorcycle yes which this is a there's a there better not be a socket missing i think he's gonna get in trouble with that missing socket <laughs> but brian's gonna jump out of the van Meg's like, no, you think everything's wrong. Meg, yes, something is very wrong. Jump out with him. But Brian jumps out. Meg's taken to town hall where most of the town is being assembled. And then she realizes her brothers aren't there because they both told the separate parents they're staying at each other's house. So she sneaks out of the big group to go to the movie theater to find them. We've probably all done that. Oh, yeah. And... In the theater, this is that cool shot where the giant blob is on the back of the theater and there's just a stampede out of there. Oh, but I also love Redneck Man who just makes fun uh, makes fun of the movie they're watching the whole time behind them. And they keep turning around and being like, hey man, shut up, we're trying to enjoy the movie. He's like, you shut up. And he's like with a girl who's obviously embarrassed. 
and but he's taken first. The blob pulls him up. Very good. I like that. Blob. Set up asshole, kill asshole. Blob wants proper theater etiquette. Yes. Um. Yeah, there's a stampede out. Uh, Meg gets in, finds them. They escape through a sewer cover in the alley. <laughs> Brian is sneaking around the woods and sees the team extract the meteor. It's not a meteor. It's like some kind of space thing. I don't know. What but it, it crashed from space. It's an, a man-made virus is what it is. And I like how it's like, because when we first saw the meteor, quote unquote, in the movie, when the homeless man poked it, it looked obviously like a rock that got cracked open. But then they lift it more out of the ground and we see it's like metallic underneath. There's literally an American flag on it. And it's just, it was covered in dirt at the top. So that's why it looked like that. It's like, oh, that's fun. And I like too that they played with it. It's not just, you expect it's an alien. You don't yeah. think, like, well, because this was also during, like, all the Cold War, like, 80s stuff. So it was mud- it was very big on, like, the Russians! <laughs> but they say all civilians are expendable. Brian hears this, but then he's spotted. He escapes on his motorcycle, has this big chase, <laughs> and then he makes the jump that he bailed earlier, and everyone doesn't know what to do. Oh, no, a ditch! Oh, and it, like, cuts halfway. He's like jumped halfway over the ditch. It's like, well, we hope that uh, Brian can get back and uh, warn all the town folk. And they cut to commercial and it came back and you had to see if he was going to make the jump. Um, but I <laughs> like that. I liked that show as a kid before it was bad. I didn't know. I like too that there was like scientist man just laid out his entire plot. And the teenager sees him and runs away. He's got to be like, God fucking damn it. Get him, please. Why'd I say everything at once? (laughs) Meg and the kids are in the sewer and they find an exit. But to get to this exit, they have to swim through a swimming pool of sewer, apparently. Like they're just wading through it at this point. And then they have to go through the deep end to get to the exit. But the blob is behind them and chases them. Blob gets the kid's friend. Meg dives in after him. I'm like, they're not going to kill the kid. No, they kill this fucking kid because he pops up all melted and everything. The movie kills the kid. Once again, they do the thing you don't expect them to do. Take that, the witch. The siblings climbing out and the scientist she found down there. The sibling is climbing out, makes it out. A bunch of the scientists come in and distract it by shooting at it. And Brian comes down this other drain and helps pull her out. Dude, I thought they were going to slip. This looks slippery as hell, what they had to climb up oh. out of here on. Oh, yeah. And then they have a motorcycle in the sewer. And they're, they're driving. And the blob's in front of them. And they have to do that thing where he, like, rides up the wall around it. Oh, I actually, I always, that scene has always stuck out to me for some reason. I love how he does the little, like, like, around, like, the tunnel thing. Luckily, they run into, like, there's a clown down there for some reason, and he's like, you want to float? But they, like, kick his shin out, and he falls over, and that stops the blob for a minute. (laughs) That is not what happened. (laughs) (laughs) They find an injured scientist down there. He tells them how to get out, and they get there, and they're looking up, and the commander looks down. And just closes the lid over them. And he gives the order. He's like, seal them in there. It's like, that's my man down there. It's like, I gave you a direct order, sir. 
That's why I could never be like a fucking military man. Because I'd be like, you're just a dude. You said words. No. <laughs> dude. The injured scientist has a bazooka, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fires it upwards and explodes the manhole cover and the truck that was parked on it and everything. I love he's like, fuck you. You're not locking us down here with this thing. We don't care. Even the the fellow hazmat scientist man is like, yeah, fuck it. Do it. (laughs) They climb out and they can't shoot him, though, because the town is gathered around to see this standoff and everything. But right then, the blob reaches out and it gets the mean leader and everything. Oh, because the mean, le- the mean leader's like, they're infected! Everyone stay away! They're evil! It's their fault! <laughs> the, the team, like, just fires, like, 80,000 rounds at the blob and drop a bomb in there and explode it. Well, that ought to do it. Dude, how wild would it be if that was the end of the movie? That's just oh, how yeah. simple it is. The That's end. It. Or, if they, like, Okay, so the blob, hypothetically, the bob blob explodes into a million little tiny blobs and rains down on everyone. So you get, like, hit with rain, but it's like, ah, my face! Like street trash. Yeah. But it breaks out of the ground right here, and this is oh. a fucking cool scene. It's so cool, because there was, like, the guy that finally, like, stood up to the main scientist man in the hazmat suit... But then, like, the blob is about to, like, fall on him from, like, three stories up. And he has, like, three grenades. And he, like, takes all the pins out. Like, fuck you, I'm gonna fucking take you with me. And then nothing happens because the blob falls on him. There's, like, a couple scenes where, like, Brian runs over to Meg to save her. And they run by the blob. If you look in the background, you see two little tiny, like, like underneath the blob, yeah. like light areas, it did nothing. <laughs> it's like if if you set off a firecracker in a pool of jello. Yeah, but Meg ends up using a fire extinguisher on it and realizes that it hates the cold. And I don't know how she didn't remember from earlier. I would notice right yeah. away this thing hates the freezer, but whatever. It's like um, the tall man. Everyone's hiding in town hall, and people are spraying all the fire extinguishers like around the door, but it's not working. Then Brian shows up driving the snowmaker and sprays the blob. <laughs> and it is, it's fine. Like, once again, it was set up and now it's paid off. Other than the fact of he sprays it for like 30 seconds and then rams it with the truck for no reason. The truck obviously flips over, and like this big, like the tank with all the cold part, like goes rolling off. Because that comes back into play later. But um, I like to where like Meg like will grab some machine gun. And it's not like immediately she's like, doo, 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 like she knows a, how to automatically use it. Of like, yeah, I've shot like a rifle, but I've never shot like a machine gun. That's got to be like a lot more like pool and whatnot. Oh, she fucks up at first. And then she kind of understands it. And then um, she goes to like jump off the tanker. But it fucks up once again. It's not perfect. And she like gets caught. Well, she plants a bomb on the tanker. Because she realizes she has to explode. And now the bomb's counting down and she's stuck on it. (laughs) This is also, I want to mention. We haven't like talked a whole lot about how the blob looks. Of It looks like a big muscle. It's not like the original one where it looks like they threw jello on the screen. It looks like all sinewy. And like at one point I like it because it's like the blob. The more people it eats the more red it gets 
And then there's like the super pink part that like all of a sudden forms and like shoots out at one point. You know how like if you're really sick and you have like a chest cold and you cough and like it comes out and it's all like veiny and mucusy and everything. Yeah. Put a little like pink food dye on that. That's what the mm-hmm. blob looks like. Yeah, it's like this. It looks like this living muscle type of thing. But Brian saves her from the truck right before the bomb goes off. Bomb explodes. The blob shatters into a million pieces. And it starts snowing as all the town folk come out and look up at the beautiful snow. It's October, though. It Look, it's chilly in October. And it does snow sometimes. It's not like snow is expected. All these people were acting like, oh, we haven't had any snow all October. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And then we cut later to church in this big tent. I guess the church was destroyed in the blob thing, so they're having church in this big tent in the desert. And the reverend is like this crazy evil man. Like, after he gives a sermon and they're singing, and remember, he's all like burnt and everything from what happened, and then he pulls out his piece of blob in the jar. Dude, you want to talk about, like, one of my favorite endings to any movie, and the perfect setup for a sequel that is yet to happen I still hold out hope that we're going to get the Blob 2 where it's the Reverend's story. We Because how cool of a character is he? He's got, like, the stringing long hair. He's got the half-burnt face. He's got, like, the glasses with the one um, lens. It's, like, all blacked out. And he's like, has this, like, almost, like, doomsday prophecy. Like, it will come true. And it's, like, it's even, like, a line of... Uh, it's because like a little old lady comes in. It's like, when is Armageddon gonna happen? And he's like, soon. As he holds up the jar, we have different thoughts on this ending. Because I won't lie to you, I don't mind it, but I'm like, it kind of feels a little out of place. I won't lie to you with the rest of the movie. I think I'm like, it's well, cool, yeah. but like, the movie could have ended with the snow. You know, almost the same effect. It feels yeah, it feels different than the movie, but that's why I think it could could have been like a really fun sequel. Of now yeah, it's this crazy reverend who's like, it's almost like a, let's say, like Little Shop of Horrors type thing of like the blob knows that like kind of this guy takes care of him and he's like bringing him people to like grow his Armageddon or something. It could be a fun like religious horror movie. Yeah. And that is the blob. Beware of the blob. Very fun time. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, this is always fun. I like this movie a lot. I'm glad we finally got around to it. This is one we've always, we've talked about it so much throughout other reviews and stuff and throughout the years and one you know you'll eventually get to and I'm glad we did. Yeah, 200 some episodes later, we got here. Yeah. Alright, you ready for some Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Throwing with Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with The Blob? I wasn't even thinking about that like while watching it. Because Greg yelled at me before when I tried to keep count. Um, it's Greg's job, he says. Um, that is my job. <laughs> if I don't have this job, I have nothing. But there was a... I don't know if there was a lot of deaths, or it's just that they were all memorable type of thing. So I'm, I'm trying to see like where I want to like guess around. I'm going to say 10? I'm going to say you're very off with 10. We okay. got 25. Good. Well, we'll never argue with more death. That's great. I thought it was going to be like a lot more, but 
Yeah, do you think how many soldiers we saw go, all the cops yeah. we saw go, like just random people, especially that theater scene, there's oh, a ton yeah. going. Oh, that theater scene was a lot, that's true. Yeah. Well, it's Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. I'll come up with that thing right now. So I was saying, like, earlier, our main guy, Brian Flagg, reminds me, like, of 80s Fonzie. Yeah. So let's do, of like, because I love those classic shows like that. That's what I grew up on. So we're going to do, like, who is our main character based off of between, like, let's say the 60s to 70s sitcoms? This is the very oddly specific ratings from Dimension Z. I'm here for it. <laughs> because I have exactly two examples. <laughs> okay. So a number one version, the worst version you would want your character, like main character based off of, it's the blob situation. It's Gilligan. He's going to fuck yeah. up from of Gilligan's course. Island. Like he's going to, he fucked up every single time. They almost made a coconut boat and got off that island. Um, yes. and I've, a number 10 is Fonzie, I would say, as you, it, it but it should have been more Fonzie of like, he should have hit something like the sh snowmaker should have not been working and he smacks it and all of a sudden he works. He needs those Fonzie powers. <laughs> um, I love the blob so much. This is like, like I said before, uh, one of the times the remake is better than the original. Um, I think I'm going to go nine out of 10. It's nice. really up there for me. I really love this movie. It's always, I don't watch it often, but every single time I do, I'm like, this is fucking great. Like it can bring you out of a bad mood. Like it's a fun movie. Um, I'm going to go eight out of 10. So maybe like a Marianne. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I really like this movie a lot. Effects are great. Plot simple, but fun acting. Is hit or miss, but I get to see a young Shawnee Smith, a little cutie. I'm happy, which is insane. Yeah, so yeah, I need to eight out of ten because I didn't know that until after I'd already finished the movie. So I was like, I want to rewatch it immediately again and just stare at her. Of just like because <laughs> I doesn't sound creepy at all. Well, no, because I did a lot of times. Like you could sometimes like recognize her. Like oh yeah, it's that actor. I didn't see her in that whatsoever. She looks so different. Yeah. Well, unless you have dun, anything dun, else dun, on the dun, blob. Dun, 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 dun. No, yeah. that's all I got. <laughs> well, we hope that the blob has left your brain throbbing with horror. Well, wasn't that a wild and wacky episode? If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, you can also support the show by going onto our Tee Public site and checking out any kinds of the merch that we have on there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that TikTok thing those kids are on, and YouTube. Just search Throbbing with Horror and look for our pumpkin. And remember to throb on.